Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Dr. Cubitt. We're going beyond the barn. Come join us on this journey as we bust equine and livestock nutrition myths and interview some of the most intriguing experts in the country. We'll go behind the scenes of how premium Western quality forage is grown and brought to your favorite farm and ranch retail store. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Barn. And today I have Dr. Duran on to talk with us about the nutritional needs of donkeys and mules. And so, Dr. Duran, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. So before we get started on this topic, I just want to share with our listeners any of the topics that we cover on the Beyond the Barn podcast. They're more generalized and they're not specific to any individual horse, mule, donkey, or any other livestock animal or any specific situation. Be sure to always work with your veterinarian and nutritionist before making any drastic changes to your animal's feed program. Or you can reach out to us and talk directly with Dr. Duran or Dr. Cubit on specifics that you would like to know more about. So to get us started, Dr. Duran, let's talk about equines. What species fall into this category? Well, the term equine is a, a generic term, if you will. So Within the subspecies of equine, you have the modern horse, so that would be things like the quarter horses, the thoroughbreds, the standard breads, the draft horses, the warm bloods, ponies, all those are considered modern horses. You also have zebras, and then you have donkeys. Then you have a couple hybrids, the hybrid being the mule or the hinny. And then can you share with us, for anyone who might be listening and they're not familiar with this... How would you describe a mule and how would you describe a hinny? Yes, a mule is the result of a mating between a horse mare and a donkey male. A hinny, on the other hand, is a mating between a horse stallion and a female donkey. Perfect. Okay. And... I know often in a lot of our educational content and podcast episodes, we talk about horses and ponies, about how much forage should horses and ponies consume each day, just so we can kind of get a comparison between those two different types. Yeah, so a, a horse typically, when we, we're feeding horses and we're accounting for the amount of forage or, or fiber those horses eat, the range as a percentage of body weight for horses typically will be between 1.5% of body weight to 3% of their body weight. Now, horses can eat more when they're hungry or when the forage is very short and non-fibrous, very palatable, they can eat more. For instance, a grazing pony, if that pony were one that, that was used to being in a muzzle and then he got turned out to pasture without his muzzle, he's capable of consuming more forage than just 3% of his body weight. Okay. And then how much forage should donkeys and mules consume? Can they actually consume less forage than horses and still maintain their weight? Yes. So the short answer to that is, especially the donkeys, they're what they call an adaptive feeder. They very much adapt to their environment. So they're Rate of intake as a percentage of body weight or the amount of intake as a percentage of body weight would be less 
than a horse, especially where they were in an environment that was very harsh. A donkey will actually has the ability to eat grasses, has the ability to browse and eat forbs, where a, a horse is more of the strict grazing type animal. So typically, yes, the donkeys especially will have a lower rate of intake, typically maxing out at about two and a quarter percent of their body weight is is typical for, for a donkey. Similar to a horse, though, you put a donkey in an environment where it is not harsh and he has plenty of of high-quality fiber available, they will get to that 2.25% of body weight very easily. Okay. And so what would you say is probably the greatest concern nutritionally when it comes to feeding donkeys and mules? Yeah, with, without a doubt, the biggest single problem with, with feeding either the hybrid, the mule or the henny or the donkey it, itself, the biggest single problem is obesity. Donkeys have been documented to have a rate of metabolism that's 20% lower than a horse. So that translates to simply it takes fewer calories to maintain the body weight of a donkey compared to a horse. What happens and invariably happens is we have a tendency to kill these donkeys, mules, and hennies with kindness feeding them too much, feeding them diets that are too rich, leading to obesity, rather than other problems that you would see, starvation, those sorts of things that would be more common with the horse model. Okay. And then aside from obesity, are there any other particular nutritional disorders that might be more common for donkeys and the hybrids? Yes, but again, they they mostly stem from the obesity model. When an animal becomes overweight, it leads to a number of inflammatory conditions, whether it be laminitis, whether it it is a metabolic syndrome, where there's lots of different things that can potentially go wrong. They all stem in and around the horse being overweight or the, the donkey being overweight. In addition, they also affect blood chemistry. You can get situations where the animal becomes obese and actually floods the bloodstream with lipid material, causing a number of lipid diseases in horses, or excuse me, in donkeys as well. Oh, okay. And those ones that you said that are like obesity is kind of like overarching, I'm guessing it's probably pretty similar in the sense to what stems from obesity in horses. But can you name a few of those nutritional disorders that kind of commonly stem off of obesity? Yes, certainly. So laminitis certainly is is a disease that can be caused or spring from an, an obesity or a a pro-inflammatory state, they can become insulin resistant, they can have all of those same diseases that, that horses can develop. Again, all with a root cause, if you will, of obesity or taking in more calories than they're expending. Okay. And so leading into the next question, then sugars and starches are going to be kind of more of a concern for for donkeys and the hybrids then, I'm guessing. Well, I don't know necessarily that they're more of a concern, but energetics is the concern. Okay. And if sugar and starch is feeding 
your excess energy intake, then absolutely it's a cause of a, of a problem. So I wouldn't say they're more sensitive. I think if we just remember that their rate of metabolism is 20% lower than a horse, and we need to account for that when we feed them and not overfeed them. And then certainly if we do overfeed them, then sugar and starch are two primary culprits that can be an issue. Okay. From a nutrient requirement perspective, I mean, we just talked about sugars and starches a little bit, but how are donkeys and mules and hennies different? So, you know, talking a little bit about protein, digestible energy, some things like that. Yeah. So because their rate of metabolism is slower, we have that documented in science. But what we haven't done is we haven't went back and specifically looked at adjustments to the calorie content or the energy requirement of a donkey compared to a horse or the protein requirement of a donkey compared to a horse. We know that their ability to digest fiber their microbiome, if you will, or the bacteria associated with the hindgut, they've got more cellulitic bacteria, so they're capable of getting more out of fiber, mm -hmm. yet we don't have specific requirements for all those nutrients. We know because they have the ability to recycle urea, a waste product of ammonia, and create protein, that their protein requirements are lower than what we'd see in horses. But as far as the actual number of grams of protein per day for a donkey compared to a horse, that data is just not completely available yet. So it's ongoing research that is just kind of continually moving forward. We just don't have the answers yet. Correct. We have concentrated on horses and then concentrated on athletic horses and all the, the ramifications of that where we've kind of skipped over, if you will, a lot of the basic nutrition on nutrient requirements for donkeys as compared to ponies as compared to horses. So any students out there that are looking to, you know, pursue their master's and PhD, there we go. We have a study there for you. <laughs> Absolutely. What would you say, and I know this is going to be very dependable on a number of different things, but what would you say is probably the best type of forage to feed donkeys and the hybrids? Yeah, so when we start talking about that and you take the message home that they have a lower rate of metabolism and then you couple that with the fact that they have an increased number of cellulitic or bacteria that break down cellulose or, or fiber, they're well equipped to digest our more mature forages, our lower nutrient content forages. Now, this doesn't mean dusty or moldy forage. This just means forage that has gone past its optimal maturity and has started to have a lower nutrient content for protein, energy, and a higher fiber content. So typically, they would be more subject to mature grass forages as opposed to some of the alfalfa or high-calorie forages. Okay. And it is not recommended that horses or ponies consume straw, but donkeys and mules, I think, can. Why is that the case? Well, certainly donkeys can. Okay. Donkeys can consume straw because, uh, again, they're able to slow their rate of passage. They're able to 
digest some of that fiber that's very difficult to digest because of the increased number of cellulitic bacteria they have. So they can slow their rate of passage, they can eat straw, they can even be selective in the straw that they eat, not the coarsest stalks of straw, but actually even select among the straw that they eat. So they can do that. Now, remember a mule is a cross between a mare and a jack or a mare and a donkey. So their ability to digest straw is is certainly not as good as a donkey. So you can absolutely feed straw to a donkey. You'd want to certainly limit the amount of, of straw that you would try to offer to a mule. Okay. So those grass forages will be a much better option than for those hybrids. Exactly. So mules, and and I actually own mules, so mules do very well on a a very mature grass hay. And then also paying attention to how much you give them. Not free access to hay, but you actually limit to the ranges that we talked about earlier to that 1.75% of body weight and feeding them a limited amount of mature hay. They do quite well on that type of diet. Okay. And since you brought it up about owning mules, can you share with us a little bit about your experience with owning mules? Because I know you've done a lot of kind of backcountry riding and guiding and stuff like that. So how have mules kind of been involved in your life? Yeah, so I've I've been around mules while I was in graduate school. I took a break from graduate school and, and returned back out to my native Idaho and was actually a guide. And as such, you're you're packing gear and equipment for either raft trips or you're packing equipment for hunting or recreation trips into the backcountry. So mules were absolutely the beast of burden, if you will. So the first thing, I hadn't ever been around mules too much before that. So being a, a nutrition student, already having a master's in nutrition and working on a PhD, I was very curious and spent a lot of time just kind of watching how mules and and horses were different, and they were very different. A horse would freely stand there and overconsume, where a mule was much smarter and would consume smaller amounts, walk off and come back, where a horse would just stand there and gorge themselves. They also differed in, in water requirement. The mules didn't drink as much water as a horse can could go longer without water and still continue to eat feed. Where a horse, once you take water away, you'll very quickly, they'll quit eating. Whereas a mule will drink smaller amounts, but will keep eating and can keep eating. They don't have quite as high a water requirement. Behavioral, they're very different. I'll use this analogy. If if you were unfortunate enough to load a horse in a trailer and have some sort of trailer accident, the next time you went to load that horse, that horse would certainly be you know, cognizant or, or maybe fearful of the trailer that, you know, there had an accident the last time it was in a trailer. A mule, on the other hand, if you loaded a mule and, and were unfortunately in some sort of trailer accident, what the mule would remember is not so much the accident, he was, would remember who was driving the vehicle. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, they're very, very big memories and you have to be very consistent with your handling of a mule. They don't respond well to change of routine. Oh, wow. Okay. And I know we kind of kind of went off on a tangent here, but there was something else that I actually came across a few days ago that I just found quite fascinating. I don't know if you heard of this or not, but there was over in a British dressage competition, 
there was a mule that won. I don't know if you heard about that. It happened just not that long ago, but his name is Wallace. And apparently he's the first mule to win a British dressage competition, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, actually, there's a wide variety of mule temperaments, whether they take the the temperament more of the donkey side, which would you think would be very stoic and stubborn, versus the other side, they're more like the the mare and and very much just a a carbon copy of the of the mare's behavior. So lots and lots of mules are highly highly trainable and can become good athletes. So there's no question about that. That's really really cool. Okay, getting back into our our nutrition talk, I just found that really fascinating. So I'm glad that you, you know, gave us the opportunity to kind of talk about your mule experience and everything. But so we were talking about how horses and ponies and mules for the most part, hennies in this case, it's not ideal for them to be consuming straw. Biggest reason, you know, not being able to digest some of that fibrous material and cause colic, things like that. So are donkeys then less likely to colic than horses would be in general? Or what situations could be a concern for colic with them? Yes. So overall, the amount of colic that's reported certainly in donkeys and colic associated with mules is reported less frequently than in horses. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't get uncomfortable in the digestive process. It's just that certainly a donkey and then also with with mules, many of them are quite stoic. So getting them to show the symptom of I have abdominal pain, some of them don't show that sign very easily. So certainly less of it's reported. But that's not to say they can't colic or they don't have digestive issues. So absolutely, you can have your hybrid, your your mule or your henny that can have colic and also donkeys can colic as well. Okay. And so Dr. Cubit has talked about this quite often on the podcast about, you know, we've talked about colic situations and think, you know, obviously there's a number of different ways that that can happen. But one of the examples she has talked about is like, when, you know, horses are out, they're used to grazing nice pastures, but then fall kind of comes around and a horse can sometimes shift from all of that, the moisture that's in that pasture, grasses and everything, to going to just like hay, dry hay. That can change so much for the digestive system of that animal. Would that do the same thing for a donkey? Yes, but remember that the donkey's requirement for water is less, Mm -hmm. and also they can maintain intake on less frequent watering, so they wouldn't have as big of issue with that as a horse would have, but certainly they could have that issue. Okay, but they could handle that type of adjustment or transition a little bit better then. Yes, the generally the the donkeys are more adapted to a harsher environment than a horse mm-hmm. and more adaptive both with their adaptive feeding behavior where they can browse, where they can eat forbs, and then their different water requirement where they can maintain intake on a lower water intake. That all 
predisposes them to being able to handle a harsher environment and be able to withstand some of those environmental changes that that are, are very damaging and make horses very sensitive. A donkey for sure and a mule not as much aren't as sensitive to those changes. Okay. And then how do we know when to feed straw to donkeys. This is actually a question that we get quite often at Stanley versus grass hay. So is it commonplace to actually feed them straw or do we reserve this decision only for maybe non-active donkeys or overweight donkeys? How does that work? Yes. So the the decision to include some straw in the diet for a donkey would be one that's based on body condition. So if that's a non-active donkey, a non-working animal, a non-activity is the biggest thing, but one, a donkey that's become overweight, that would indicate to you that first he probably needs a feed reduction of whatever you're feeding him, and then he would also benefit from a lower calorie feed, which would mean the introduction of some straw. Okay. And does the type of straw matter? So, for example, barley or wheat straw? There have been experiments where they've eaten straw from a number of the different cereal grains that were grown, whether they've eaten wheat straw, whether they've eaten barley straw, and even oat straw. They've they've been able and adapted to being able to eat all of the varieties. Okay. One of our listeners had asked about feeding straw, oats, or barley to a laminitic mule. What are your thoughts on that? Or, you know, if somebody does have a laminitic mule, and I know, again, there you probably have some other follow-up questions, but I guess what are some good recommendations for somebody who might own an animal like that? Yeah, so first and foremost, you know, why is it laminitic? What caused that laminitic episode and how sensitive are they to diet? Having said that, in general, they're sensitive to diet if they're overweight they carry more of their weight on their front feet, whereas typically where they have the laminitic episode. So a reduction in body weight would be necessary. They can also have laminitis associated with what they ate. A high sugar starch diet can cause a laminitic episode. So the question, you know, can you feed straw to them? Yes. What you'll want to do is you'll want to make sure that the straw that you select, that all the grain was properly harvested. Now, with modern harvesting techniques, that's usually not an issue. But if you're buying something that they call a barley hay that they're still, although non-developed, still in the seed head, barley or oat or whatever, it has a much higher nutrient content than if the grain were allowed to mature and then harvested and then they were eating just the residual straw. Okay. What type of donkeys and mules may need to have concentrates added to their feed program? Yeah, so the desire to feed a concentrate or add additional calories, if you will, to either a donkey or a a mule's diet is based on workload, is based on body condition. So those animals that are actively working are typically the candidates for addition of additional calories as typically a grain concentrate. Okay. And then so if any of them are kind of like late pregnancy or lactation or anything like that, how would you feed those types of donkeys, mules, hennies? Yeah. Well, first of all, the mules and the hennies wouldn't get pregnant, but if you were feeding a 
if you're feeding a, a pregnant donkey, for example, typically the requirements for pregnancy, just like a mare would increase in the last trimester, lactation, those requirements would be higher. So yes, you would feed those very much like you would feed a, a pregnant mare. The difference, again, going back to the, the fact that they're more efficient and their rate of metabolism is slower, the amount that you feed would be much less. So typically, lots of donkeys are not fed a typical concentrate. They're fed more of the balancer type, the lower intake, lower calorie, concentrated vitamin mineral product rather than the calories that you would get from a regular grain concentrate. Perfect. Okay. And you brought up a really good point, and I would like you to take that a step further in case anybody didn't catch that. But for those who maybe don't own mules or not as familiar, maybe they're new to ownership, donkeys, they can be bred, but mules cannot. Can you expand on that? Yeah. The cross between a mare and a donkey to produce a mule and the other cross a stallion, a horse stallion with a donkey to produce a henny, for the most part, those animals are sterile. So they're not able to, to breed. Donkeys certainly can breed amongst themselves and horses can certainly breed amongst themselves, but that hybrid is sterile. Perfect. Thank you. And then you kind of briefly touched on this, but because we have people interchangeably talk about this. But what is the difference between cereal grains that people think of feeding to their animals or what, you know, people often refer to as just grain and then concentrates? What are those differences so people understand what they're feeding to their animals? Yeah, so a grain, if you will, that can be things like oats, corn, barley, wheat. They're the cereal grains. They can be combined. The term COB is an acronym for corn, oats, and barley, where you mix those three grains together. Those are called grain or grain mixes that you feed to horses. On the other hand, a concentrate is something that consists of or can consist of, of the grains, the oats, corn, barley, but then it's fortified. It's fortified with additional protein. It's fortified with vitamins. It's fortified with minerals. And the difference or being able to discern what you have is simply looking at the feed tag on the bag. If it lists those vitamins and minerals and it lists protein, it's a concentrate. If it just lists protein, fat, and fiber with none of those minerals or vitamins listed on the ingredients, then it's just a grain. Excellent. Thank you for making that kind of differentiation there because... I think it's actually quite often that people kind of get them confused and think that they're the same thing. So with that in mind, are cereal grains an appropriate feed for donkeys and mules and hennies? Cereal grains generally are not. If you're going to go to the to the extra need of saying, okay, my, my mule or my donkey needs additional calories – Typically, they're working animals, so they would also need the additional protein, the additional vitamins and minerals for, for skeletal repair, for muscle repair. They'd need those. So typically, just feeding an oat or a corn to a mule or a donkey is not the way I would go. Instead, I would select a concentrate that had the other things that would also increase when that animal was working. Okay, excellent. So then if 
if a donkey or the hybrids, if they, you know, they had a whatever forage that they were consuming and in that working state needed an extra concentrate, is there any point where maybe they would need to be fed a ration balancer to kind of help, you know, like complete their their feed program? And is that different from horses? So, yes, there are situations and and that's actually probably the product of choice for both the hybrids, the mules and the hennies, as, as well as the donkeys. If they're actively working, adding a ration balancer that adds some protein, vitamins and minerals is very appropriate. And then simply increasing the amount of fiber or increasing the quality of fiber they should easily be able to maintain their their body weight. So the ration balancers, the low intake protein, vitamin, mineral products are absolutely appropriate for for both the hybrids as well as the donkeys. Does that differ from horses? No, there's certainly horses as well that could be just fed the ration balancing type products and, and be completely fine, fed adequate quantities of of high quality fiber. So you can use them in both the hybrids, the donkeys, as well as the horses. Now horses, because their rate of metabolism is faster, typically you see many more horses that would eat a concentrate that's got grain in it compared to a donkey or a mule. Okay. And of course, you have mentioned this a little bit throughout our discussion today, but you know, anytime that we're talking about nutrition and, you know, the the important nutrients that animals need, water is key. So you talked about how mules are able to consume less water than a horse might need. I read in one of your write-ups that you did once that you mentioned that under hot conditions, donkeys can consume water at a rate of somewhere around 9% of their body weight per day. Under cooler conditions, closer to 4 or 5% of their body weight per day. Can you share with us what most horses, and of course, you know, like we talk about with a lot of things, this is very dependent. What do most horses need in water, just to give us kind of a comparison? Yeah, so it's very difficult to think of water in weight. People most often will think of water in gallons, if you will. Right. So typically a horse in environment that's that's not hot or humid, a horse that's not working, that proverbial thousand pound horse will require somewhere around five to seven gallons of water a day. Then when you superimpose heat humidity where that animal is actually losing body water to cool itself, those horses are exercising and have to cool themselves. Those horses can increase their water requirement by up to four times. So a massive increase. A donkey takes a little bit different approach. First of all, donkey, if they're in a situation where they're working hard in a hot environment, first of all, their their method of approach is maybe I shouldn't be working as hard. No. Then their then their second approach is how can I conserve water? So they often won't sweat as much as you see with a horse. And they'll also change the amount of water that's associated with their manure. They'll make that manure more dry. They'll recycle a lot of water. So that's why they they typically don't have as high a requirement as a horse does. That is really fascinating. So, I mean, we've talked about how, you know, with the hybrids, in certain instances, you know, they might take on more of, you know, the, the horse qualities versus donkey qualities. but 
how, I guess, do they kind of fall when it comes to water compared to donkeys and then also with horses? Yeah, so mules, what, what I try to do that will, will keep most people out of trouble, if they try to feed their donkey from a, a watering standpoint, or if they try to water their donkey more like a horse, you'll have much better luck. You'll have less likelihood of impaction, colic, and issues. So I would continue to do just like you do with a horse for, for a mule, offer free choice access to, to water is, is the best approach. Because Exactly as you mentioned, you don't know whether they're going to take more of the characteristic from the mare or the horse side of the of the equation or more from the donkey side of the equation. So certainly with the hybrids, I take the, the response with water, water them like you would a horse. Okay, excellent. Dr. Duren, this has been a really great conversation, and I'm, I'm glad that we've had this opportunity to talk more about donkeys and the hybrids for today's episode. As we begin to kind of wrap this up, what would be maybe two to three takeaways that you would like to leave our listeners with from our conversation today? Yeah, I guess the first and foremost, realize that donkeys are are very different from horses. They have a slower rate of metabolism. They have an increased ability to digest poorer quality or more mature type forages. So, our biggest mistake that we have with donkeys is overfeeding them, leading to obesity, which can cause a number of, of diseases. With our hybrids, our mules and our, our hennies, you have to think of those as in-between. They certainly will have a lower rate of metabolism than a horse, but maybe not as low as a donkey. So we have to consider them differently as well. So feeding a mule or a hennie, I would absolutely encourage you to evaluate their body condition. Don't allow them to get or to become overweight is a very key to feeding those. And then remember, because they have an increased amount of cellulitic bacteria in their in their digestive system, some of those more mature forages, certainly not dusty or moldy, but some of the more mature forages are perfectly acceptable for a donkey or a, a mule. Finally, I think that you can remember if you have a, a donkey that becomes overweight, you certainly have the, the card of being able to feed them some straw or introduce an amount of straw into their diet, which would be very unfavorable for a horse because a horse would have, you know, or potential for an impaction colic where a donkey can slow its rate of intake and increase its ability to digest some of that poor quality fiber and do well on those type diets. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Duran. For our listeners, if you have any topic ideas that you would like us to discuss, please reach out to us at podcast at stanleyforage.com. And Dr. Duran, thanks again for being on with us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Barn podcast by Stanley Forage. We'd love for you to share our podcast with your favorite people and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite listening platform. Until next time, keep your cinch tight and don't forget to turn off the water.